Oh, that's what love and appreciation for everybody on the front line sounds like in Madrid from someone named Alp. Thanks for the thank you sounds. Okay, everybody, humanity, you, I'm talking to you. Uh, we're on a bridge. This is a passage. We are crossing a great divide. Gotta lighten our load. You can't bring everything from your past with you into the beautiful, ideal future, right? So we gotta let stuff go to get through. We gotta like fit through this portal. So what are we gonna let go of? Stagnation, stuff. I got a long list. You're gonna love it. Things to let go of. I wanna talk first about physical stagnation and energetic stagnation. So physiologically, stagnation is the perfect breeding ground for bacteria, bacteria that we don't want, the bad stuff, and for viruses. Viruses love stagnation in the body where there's a buildup of fluids or there's inflammation, or right? It's just hovering, looking for that weak spot where things are already stagnant duck and built up. Yeah? Okay. All right. Now let's think in terms of energetic stagnation, emotional stagnation, and keeping in mind that everything, everything, everything is energy. That matter is just compressed energy, localized energy. So emotional stagnation, grievances, Memories that you don't love remembering, but you keep replaying them because they're validating something for you, or it's just helping you gnaw on your pain. Sorrow, very real sorrow. We don't have to rush to let go of sorrow, but if we hold on to it, if we nurse it, if our sorrow and our grief becomes part of our identity, it's actually stagnating energy. All sorts of things. You, you get the idea. So if all things are energy, and they are. The emotional, psychological, spiritual stagnation that we have in our system makes us more vulnerable to all kinds of viral things. Negative thinking, that goes viral, and actual viruses, that go viral. So we want to clear the stagnation out. How do you clear stagnation out physically? We know how to do this. It's about cleansing. It's about shaking it off. It's about burning it out of our systems through sweat. It's detoxing. It's sauna. It's eating warm food that is actually easier for your body to process, right? You shake it off. You get that stagnation out of your, your physical construct. So we're going to be looking at letting go of grievances, identities, regrets, I've had a few, dreams, old dreams, old dreams, just the old ones that they're way past their expiry date, and possessions, and last but not least, habits. Before we get into what to let go of, let's talk about where does this stuff go? So you're, you're releasing it. Are you just like psychically burning it up and the, where does it go does it just vaporize miraculously kind of kind of but not entirely we need to give our stuff up with intention so the intention is there for the releasing that's half the work and then let's make sure that we release it in the right direction so if we're releasing rage and anger and grievances we're not hurling that energy <laughs> towards that person's like I forgive you no what we want to be doing is giving all of our 
heavy, negative, toxic, just basically the stuff we don't want. We give it upward. We offer it upward to the mother. I feel like angels are waiting uh, to catch our grievances and our regrets. So we show up with our intention, and then we give it to the greatest transmutational, transformational, endlessly, eternally generative force there is, which is the divine. The divine is waiting on us to offer it up so that anything that is not true, anything that is painful, which is really just a compression of an illusion, can then be transmuted into love. I had an experience at a river, and this was, I think, one of my greatest ahas around what to do with the pain. I had just been through a shamanic experience, as one goes through in Santa Fe, and I was really destabilized by it. I think the destabilization was part of the healing that needed to happen, but it was not a pleasant place to be in for a while. And a friend, also known as my psychotherapist, who was there, because you should always travel with your psychotherapist and a shaman, just like double down on the esoterics, and saw that I was uh, shaky. And she took me down to this beautiful river. And she held me and I cried. And you know how friends work, how women work, how loved ones work. They know exactly where to place their hand on your back, which is the back of your heart where the pain is flowing out. And she left, left me alone. And I really entered this portal where I baptized myself. And the baptism was going from complete and utter loneliness. I'd never felt so isolated in my life to an opening of communion with that which is greater than me, the source from which all things come. And I felt that there was nobody, no human that could touch my pain, that could get close to it, that could understand it, that could help dissolve it. And it was one of the most beautiful, powerful awarenesses that I had, that there is that kind of pain that it was not something that I made up. It wasn't it wasn't part of my predicament. It was the bedrock of the predicament. It was that I was being pushed, birthed, to see that God wants my pain. And it is my honor, it is the making of grace to not handle my pain completely on my own, but to give it to God. And so I had to be brought to a river, sobbing, questioning my very origins in order to get that. And I became aware of the directionality of the offering up, that that pain that no other human can touch, that can only, only be relieved by something greater than you, can only be understood and dissolved and transformed by spirit has to be given upward 
to spirit. And that's my relationship now going forward with pain, that I do my half of the work. I'm aware of the pain. I'm clear. I'm giving it loving attention. I'm not pushing it down. I'm not repressing it. I'm not criticizing myself for having the pain, even the stuff that's been there for a long time that keeps coming back. No criticism. I see it with compassion. I tend to it. I've done my work. And then I take the next step. And I offer my pain in whatever form it is. Grievances, lack of forgiveness, fear, shame, embarrassment, restriction, anger, agitation. Yeah, I give it all up to the mother, to divinity. And my experience is that the mother is so delighted to take that pain from me, that life God, the mother, the father has just been waiting for me to have the awareness to offer it up because my, my gift, the reason I'm here is to expand to truth. So I offer up the lies, all those things I've told myself that I've allowed myself to believe from outside sources about my less thanness, about my so-called mistakes. I offer those lies up to be transformed into truth, to just be absolved of them. Who else has got the capacity to take that other than God, her, him, itself, yeah? So as we let go, where are you going to point it? Point it upward to be transformed. All right, let's get into uh, the actual let it go. I have tried to be as thorough as possible with the list of letting go. Here we go. Grievances. Give them up. Let me give you the definition of grievances. A real or imagined wrong or other cause for complaint or protest, especially unfair treatment. Anybody feel they've been treated unfairly? Anybody ever treated anybody else unfairly? Still holding on to that? Grievance. A feeling of resentment over something believed to be wrong or unfair. So in this passage of personal health and world health, I've been looking at my own grievances and my resentments, and I feel pretty stupid about most of them. Actually, all of them. They just, in light of what's going on, in light of this hopefully once-in-a-lifetime deathbed being-born moment, all of my grievances, all the things I thought was unfair and I was bigger than and righter than and they were more stubborn than, et cetera, et cetera, and I got ripped off, whatever it is, it's ridiculous right about now. So maybe I'll catch myself on this in a couple days, in a couple months. But right now, where I stand, holding life and death in my hands, <laughs> the current reality and the future reality that I so desire, that I'm really committed to, all's forgiven. Really, really, I reserve the right to slip, but really in this moment, oh, I just forgive it all. Yeah, even the worst stuff, the petty stuff, who fucking cares? The worst stuff, the stuff that I spent 
years in a therapy over thousands of dollars in therapy, so many tears, the pages I wrote in my journal, burn them, whatever. It's done. I did the work. I'm celebrating that I did the work. I have made so many strides towards real, genuine, deep, like for legit forgiveness. Really? I I got over it. Really? I did. I got over it. But if there's any residue (laughs) that maybe I possibly could get triggered again, no, I'm, uh, it's okay. It's okay. What was done? I'm over it. I just want everybody to be well. I want everybody to take this opportunity to find their own light. And side note, P.S., big P.S., I'm sorry for all my part in it, in any of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the times when I was an asshole. I'm sorry for every time that I have been demeaning. I'm really sorry for that time. I turned to one particular person in my life and said, if this is going to work, it's going to be up to you. Really sorry for that. Oh, the liberation. Lighten my load. Stronger in my step. With all that gone, the future looks clearer, more accessible right here. Yeah, forgiveness rocks. It's very effective. This situation is not turning me into a saint, but it is turning me into a better cook. If you would have told me years ago that I would be cooking for my former husband and leaving pots of borscht soup on his doorstep, I would have told you you were high. And not only am I doing that, I'm actually really happy about it. I feel excited about it. I feel, I feel beautiful making him soup. And I cooked for 14 fucking years with resentment. And now it's, it's really kind of joyful experience. Our situation is that he's a firefighter. So he's on the front lines doing what he does so well, saving lives, meant to be there. He's there without resentment. And so we have decided, because he's he's out there, that the wisest thing is for our son to tuck in with me for the duration. And my former husband's wife, current wife, is sheltering away from him because he's on the front lines. So dude's alone. So I'm there's there's nothing amazing about me cooking for my solo ex-husband because our kid is here. But what's amazing to me, my own internal experience, is the sweetness that I'm feeling and how good it is for me. And I feel useful. I feel like my beautiful self. And I never would have thought this would create a pleasurable feeling. But I am remembering why I gave him my all <laughs> in the first place and how sweet it was when we when we met there. So I can let some shit go and I can make some soup and I can be really, really happy about it. And here's the thing. Forgiveness is a natural response. I haven't really put too much thought into the heart's greatest skills, but let's say top three skills of living a heart-centered life, so forgiving. Because the heart is all-inclusive. It makes space for everything. There are no bounds to the heart. There's room for the light and the shadow, for us, for them. 
The heart center is the space of true neutrality. Let me say that in a different way. Love neutralizes. That's the chemistry of love. Takes the negative charge, let's say, out of everything. It sees what's genuine and real. It sees the light in the dark. That's the that's the transformation. Love neutralizes. Love harmonizes. Love weaves it all together. Sees the common truth. And that's where the freedom is found. Um, by bringing all of our relationships, all of our grievances into the heart space. You, you can... You can visualize it, actually. You, you think of the grievance. It's creating that, that heat, that, that caustic effect in your brain waves, right? You can feel that fractiousness in your mind. Just bring that sensation of the grievance into your actual heart chakra. You just bring the thought down into the heart. Forgiveness is the bringing into the heart. That's how the neutralization happens. And it's got to happen now because forgiveness is the keynote to stability. You want to stabilize yourself. You want to dissolve your anxiety. You want to clearly see what you're capable of and to see the solutions, to see the beautiful ideal. It's forgiveness that stabilizes the vision. Forgiveness is also the essence of reverence. You've got that spaciousness, that, that expanded heart capacity to let everybody in. And that is the greatest expression of devotion to higher love there is. You want to let God know that you're in? Forgive. I think that's all God is asking from us. Just let the stuff go so that I can work through you. The light cannot enter where forgiveness has not occurred yet. Really, really. Yeah. That's the through line of every mystical teaching. I really do believe that forgiveness is the primary light source. The act of forgiving generates the light that guides our way. Yeah, you want to be, you want an enlightened existence? You move to that place where forgiveness isn't even a consideration. It just all is. It's all okay. And it's easier said than done. I know. I have unpacked and burned down and journaled and therapized and I have danced and I have raged and I have grieved my way through the journey of forgiveness. And I have had to, I thought I forgave and I had to go back and re-forgive a few more times just to make sure the grievances were out of my system. I wanted to do everything I could to not take my past into my future. And that's where we are as a collective on this bridge. We cannot take the past into the future. Got to burn some stuff down and, and forgive it in the flames. And I'm the first one to admit and understand that the heart runs on its own clock. I've stood up on stage many times and said, look, you, you can't forgive until you're ready to forgive. And I still believe that that's, there's got to be a readiness and a willingness. Now, I'm going to talk about the willingness, but how about now? <laughs> how, about, how about now is a great time to forgive? How about now when all of us are on this precipice together that we have never been at before? Now 
now would be a great time, don't you think, to just get over it? Because time is speeding up. Because for fucking real, the pressure is on. Why don't we, with open hearts and full consciousness, submit to that pressure and let it melt us into forgiveness? If you need a little nudge, if the pressure from the mother is not enough, you can start here. First step to forgiveness. Forgive yourself for not wanting to forgive because that's what's going on. That's why forgiveness is so difficult. That's why forgiveness is even necessary because a grievance exists that we don't want to let go of. Yeah, so I forgive myself for not wanting to forgive. Exhale. And the next step is you just need to have the willingness to forgive. I'll ask you right now. I'm sure some grievances are swirling in your mind. Okay? I'm going to ask you, you ready for the question? Are you willing to forgive? Are you just willing to forgive? That's all you need. That's the first step that opens everything up. If your hand is on the doorknob, of forgiveness. The willingness, just you just turn it with willingness and the door will open up. You don't need to know how to do it. You don't need to know how much it's going to hurt, what the process is going to look like. You don't need to know what it's going to look like after you've forgiven someone, what you're going to have to do and they're going to have to do, you're going to have to call them. No, just be willing to forgive. And then what do you do? You offer that willingness to forgive upwards. Everything goes upwards. The grievances, the pain, the illusions, and the love, and the celebration, and the gratitude, and appreciation, the adoration, the experience of beauty, you offer everything up because nothing is ours anyway. All belongs to God, and it's cyclical because we are of God, but just give it upward for it to be transformed into what's real. And then to have that reality, the true reality, which is love, magnified. Which brings me to self-forgiveness. So I'm trying. Trying to just forgive it all. Doing a pretty good job because I'm feeling light. How do you know you've forgiven? You feel at peace. Yeah, how do you know you've let it go? You feel lighter, yeah? So next, I need to forgive myself. And I'm feeling the pressure. And I submit willingly, a smile on my face. I'm good. My imperfections, they are beautiful. They make for a gorgeous mosaic. So forgive yourself for all of it, for the arrogance, for the manipulation. Forgive yourself for all the times that you have neglected yourself, that you have overridden your need to be held, to rest, to hang out with people who tell the truth. Forgive yourself for every lie you've told. For every time you ask someone to run when you knew they could hardly walk. Yeah, forgive yourself for doubting. You know that experience where you're so pissed off at someone and you made up this big story about what they're going to do and how they're not going to come through for you and it's going to make, huh, I, I know they're not going to come through for me and it's going to make me right. It's going to justify, it's going to justify how right I am about how right I am, yeah? And then, that brother, that sister, that other person, they totally come through for you. <laughs> they show up in some kind of 
glory you have never seen. They just deliver. They're in a good mood. It, like it never even crossed their mind to be shitty and to not be there for you. And you feel like such an asshole for doubting them. Yeah. Forgive yourself for all that doubt. It's done. It's over. And what are you going to do with it? Give it up. Give it upward to the mother. It's gone. It's transformed. And you are free to move. Where? Where are you moving? You're moving here closer to now, closer to yourself, closer to love, right here, right to the present. It's right here. All of that. Eternal love here, right now, right now. And in that is the beautiful ideal that we are here to help emerge. All right, let's take a side street for a moment. We're, we're still on the grievance highway. And because grievances have so much to do with relationships with other people, we have definitely have grievances against ourselves, but mostly it's about who done us wrong, right? So I have a question for you. What relationships do you want to harmonize and how? Okay, what relationships do you want to harmonize? And by harmonize, I mean bring into balance. doesn't mean that you want to put more effort into them or you want to take them to the next level or you want more intimacy or you want to be closer. It might mean all of those things. It will definitely mean all of those things for some of your relationships. But harmonize just means it comes into balance. There's no charge. There's no hook. There's nothing unsaid. There's no grievances. So what relationships do you want to harmonize and how? How are you going to do that? How are you going to pour more love on the relationships that you want to nourish? And how are you going to bless and release the ones that need to be let go of? So I'll tell you where I'm at with that because I've been using this passage to look at my relationships. I made a list last night of the relationships that I do want to harmonize and I know how I'm going to do it. And what was surprising to me was that I have relationships to let go of that I hadn't seen before. I have relationships where I need to let go of requirements and expectations. That's part of bringing it into harmony. Doesn't mean like we're done and we're never going to talk again, but just let go of the demands because I let go of the demands and I let go of any resentment for someone not meeting those demands. And then I let go of the grievances for the times that they haven't met those demands, right? Like everybody's forgiven. But what was surprising to me was I could see upon reflection that I put a lot of effort into maintaining a lot of relationships. And I think some of that effort and some of those relationships is actually coming from my shadow. It's coming from the subconscious where I'm trying to look good and be the good girl and get love from an external source. So I'll just check in because look how awesome I am. I'm just going to, how you doing? I don't want you to think that I've forgotten about you because if you think I've forgotten about you and I'm not putting in effort to this relationship, then you might think less of me. And I don't want you to think less of me. I want you to know how awesome I am. So it's performative in some ways. Doesn't mean I don't love the person. But sometimes it feels like too much of a stretch. Feels like a bit of a tactic. Yeah. And 
don't want to do that. I don't want to have ego-driven transactional relationships. It's way better for everybody, especially me, to check in only when it's sincere. And if that desire to call on someone to see how they're doing doesn't happen often, that's okay, because it's not real. If it never happens again, if I never want to check in on a particular person ever again, then that's what harmony looks like in that relationship. Then that's what it looks like to come into alignment with love for all and lighten my load so that I can move through this passage to a more beautiful ideal. So as much as I'm experiencing so much more connectivity in this passage, you know, just in the last week, uh, let me think about this. I've talked to someone in Whistler and people in my own city that I've never, haven't talked to in any form of social media ever. I've talked to a friend in Kenya. I've had a conversation with someone in London, someone in Florida, and probably if I spent more time, I could tell you two or three more cities and countries, all just in a matter of a few days, more connected, further reaching than ever. And many of the conversations I'm having right now are more intimate and honest and loving than ever. It's a beautiful thing. So alongside, in contrast to, not in contrast, alongside that extended and deepened connectivity, I'm also seeing that there's relationships to just let go of. Yeah. So all that to say, I am doubling down on intimacy. And at the same time, I am untethering from transactional relationships. Everybody going to be okay without me checking on them, you know, freeze that person up to go deeper in the relationships that they really want to go deeper in. So consider what are the relationships in your life that are filler, that are transactional, that are ego relationships that you feel just a little bit like, Ugh. you know, you're kind of using them maybe until something better comes along where you don't want to be lonely. It's a little bit out of obligation. Yeah. Because this, this pressure, this time, this period, it's not going to last forever. This period of physical distancing is calling us to look at that which is usury and expedient and transactional so that we can let it go and move into depth and soul-based relationships and real communion. Yeah, we're going from snack food relationships to a feast of nourishment. And for some of us, who are struggling with loneliness and we're really feeling the pain of the various levels of isolation, oh, first of all, bless you. My heart breaks with you. We all have a different threshold to cross. We all have a different beast that we are wrestling with right now. For a lot of us, it's loneliness. But it's the opportunity. It's the, it's the brutal, beautiful thing to see that we might have to clean out our life 
clean out the relationship closet a bit and coexist with the fear that we will be even more lonely. And that's the bottom of the barrel. The fear that you're never going to find someone, never have that conversation, more isolation, more loneliness, like go down to that and unpack that. Where have you felt that fear before? What's the texture of the loneliness? What's the terror? Face that terror. You're going to have to let go to run that sorrow through your system, to run that sorrow through your system. And what happens when you conduct that energy, that fear, it moves out. You got more space for more self-love. And that self-love is magnetic and attractive. And it will attract more love into your life. And you're, and you're making space. You're cleansing your awareness to see all the love that exists. You're going to come out of this this incubation period, because we're all incubating to be born here, and you're going to see love around you. You're going to feel a kind of connection to someone that you knew before, and there's love. New people are going to be friends, and you are also, and here's the divine, beautiful, contrasting irony, you're not going to need as much. You're going to be able to generate more care and love and nourishment and soul vitamins for yourself. All right, let's move on. Next thing to give up, it's a big one. Identities. Hey, hey, I just want to pop in to let you know, did you know that everything in my shop is on a pay-what-you-choose basis? So I have three different options. There's a top, middle, lower tier. The top tier, you pay that, it helps us grow the business. We create eco-based physical products and we can keep offering accessibility pricing and really be generous with charities the middle tier that's cool too helps us make a reasonable profit and we can give steadily to multiple charities lower tier that helps us cover our operating expenses and if that's all you got that's really cool too team d is made up of 17 people in three countries and we're really grateful to do this work and make philanthropy and accessibility pricing key to our company. When you glide on over to daniellelaporte.com slash shop, you are gonna find the Grace for Impact ebook. It's really, it's my response of all the tools I have to give to these times of upheaval. And of course it is pay what you choose. So much love, see you there. My observation in this global situation is that everybody's just being themselves. We are all playing our typical roles in this situation. Some people are already moving to atypical roles, which is good news. But the shouters, you know, they're shouting. Preachers are praying. Cynics are having a fucking field day. The conspiracy theorists, they are theorizing. Anxious people are, they're really anxious. The visionaries are having visions. The healers are healing. Bless the healers. The first responders, they're responding. Thank you. So then here's the question. Is who you are right now who you want to be in your beautiful ideal? There's a bigger question. Who are you? Who are you without all the things that you typically 
have access to? Who are you if everything came to a grinding halt? Who are you without your job, your commute, your money, your health, your relationships, your phone, technology, the internet, yoga, supplements, prayer, meditation? Who are you without the mother, without nature? Who are you without anxiety, without fear? Who are you? I think it's a question we're all here to answer with every breath. And we have to answer it for ourselves. Who do you want to be? How are you showing up right now? And do you want to keep showing up this way? The answer might be yes. You might be your best self right now. Your divinity may be fully unfurled. May that be so. Are you showing up right now to alleviate your own suffering? To alleviate the suffering of others? Are you showing up right now for yourself to amplify joy in your life? To amplify the joy that has always been here, that will always be here? What's your reputation? Are you the person who always has it all together? Are you about robustness? Are you the workout person? Are you the prayer person? Are you the productive person? Are you the antagonistic person? Are you the leader? Are you the follower? Is that who you really are? Are you the blonde? Because we know you're not really blonde now. (laughs) We've all been away from the hair salon long enough. We know. Jigs up. This is your chance. This is the opportunity to change, to emerge. And by change, I mean you're just going to peel off the layers of that which you are not truly. This is the opportunity to dissolve all that identity stuff and to see who you really are. And I can see you from here. You're radiant. You're beautiful. You're wise. You're aligned with the truth. You are joyful. You are in balance. You are harmonious. You're gorgeous. That's the truth. Why don't you use 2020 as the year to change? So my hope is that when we emerge, we're emerging, but when we're out and about near the Canadian there, that we don't say, oh, this virus and insert the name of the virus. You know, I used it as an opportunity. Yeah, I want you to use it as an opportunity. Could we just say, when we reflect back on this, when we're declaring our evolution and our graduation and our newness and our strength to the world, we just say, it was 2020. In 2020, I decided I'm a lover. Yep, 2020 decided I'm a tree hugger. 2020, I came out of the closet in all these ways. Yeah, went through 2020, decided, laid my burden down. 2020, I got over it. 2020, I know, I know before 2020, I was this, I was that. I wasn't into this. I couldn't talk to him, didn't talk to her, all those grievances, la la. Yep. I just gave it up in 2020. 2020, I got real. Here I am now. Yeah. Just be stripped. The money, the identity, the dreams, the reputation, the status. Transmutation is not a slow burn. Changes, but not miracles. Transmutation is like a wildfire. 
It is compression. It's what we're in. It happens quickly and it happens all at once and it takes you down. And if all goes to divine plan, you just might be unrecognizable after this. Every phoenix looks different. And you know the legend of the phoenix that we often forget to bring in? Not only does she become born out of the ashes, but she is more gorgeous with every new incarnation. If all goes according to divine plan, each of us is going to look very different on the other side of this. You're going to surprise yourself with how strong you are. You're going to be amazed at your beauty, every single one of us. Regrets. Had a few? Look, just give them up. Past is past. Choose from today. Let's move on. (laughs) Old dreams. Need to let go of the dreams. I think just the old ones. You know, when we're, we're taking our psyche down to the studs here, some dreams are going to be really clear that they don't fit who we really are, that we've been holding on to them because they were somebody else's dream, that it was really about getting approval from a parent, or it was really about looking more glossy and powerful and sexy so we would attract the people we want who would affirm that we were glossy and sexy and powerful, but really we don't need the job and we might not even need the person to just root into our own divine power. Yeah, so dreams might have to have a funeral for some of them. For some of us, we just need to, for some of us, it's going to be really clear that some dreams have an expiry date and we can feel the sorrow and the grief that that ain't never going to happen. The ship has sailed. Feel the sorrow. Let it move through you. Let that dream go up. Create some space for a new dream, or even better yet, new space for satisfaction with the present to be there. Or you could look at your dreams in this passage that we're in and just be clear that it hasn't happened yet hasn't happened yet, and it doesn't mean anything. It's not that it hasn't happened because you haven't had your shit together or it wasn't meant to be or you haven't visualized clearly enough, strongly enough. You're not like a, a manifestation underachiever. It just hasn't happened yet. You don't have to attribute meaning to it. Yeah. Mourn if you have to for the dreams. But then move on because life is brimming with gifts to give each of us. And from that place of anticipation, oh, the sweet stuff can make its way to you. You have to let the future emerge from that new spaciousness. You let the dream go out to pasture and you've got more terrain for the seeds to take root. Yeah, let it go. All right, it's time for a grace moment. Three steps. You should know them by now, right? Be still, receive, respond. You can do this anytime, all the time. Please, if you get anything out of this, just take this with you. Here we go. If you're able, close your eyes, breathe into your heart center, move into 
stillness. Your breathing is natural. You're focusing on your heart chakra. Now move into receiving. You receive the energy that is in your heart. You receive the awareness of higher love. You're receiving the focus of presence. Your breathing is natural. And then you receive guidance from your heart. A message, a word, a thought, just the feeling itself, just receive the feeling. And then you engage, you respond to that heart energy. You give your heart space more breathing, a deeper breath. You choose a nourishing thought or you respond with gratitude, with appreciation to your higher love, to the higher love. Take a full breath, full beautiful breath into your beautiful heart space and we are back to this beautiful moment. This is one of my favorite ones. Possessions. Stuff. Give it away. Of course, this doesn't apply to everybody. There's lots of people all over the world who are struggling to just get the basics in terms of things that keep their life going. But most of us can live so much more simply. And on behalf of the ecosystem, we should be living so much more simply. And part of this opportunity is to see, well, to see all the stuff that we've accumulated and to experience how much we can do without and to feel like the breath in that. So if you are in a position to gather your clothes and the possessions that you do not need, that you don't use, that you might regret buying, that you got three of, Get them together and get them ready for someone who needs them now and someone who is most definitely going to need them on the other side of this. As people are losing their jobs, as people are going through tragedy, someone's going to need the shoes and the sweater and the cash and the things that you can sell for the cash to share with those people. There are people right now who need the surplus of what you've got. And if you give it away now, and not wait like, oh, I might need it in the future. You know, so many of us just on a regular basis, I'm going to keep that in case I need it, yeah? And we might be even more inclined to think that now. Like, who knows what's going to happen and how long this is going to last and where the money's going to come from. I might need it now. If you give it away now, you're opening yourself to more abundance coming into your life. And it also, that immediate generosity, that real-time giving, it helps to ensure that when we're back on the fairly regular tracks of business operating and everybody being out and about in the world, sharing now helps ensure that we don't move into revenge shopping and revenge industry. Because one of the most tragic things, additional tragic things, that could happen out of this is that it's like this rubber band effect that we tell ourselves that we've been starved for shopping and starved for money and production. Again, I'm not discrediting the people who are going to or are experiencing 
intense economic hardship because of this. For those of us who still got shelter overhead and the money is flowing, we can't be hitting the mall the first day. It's clear that it's safe for our wellness, our health to get back to the mall. We can't be stocking up on the shoes again. We can't be running our factories on a 24-7 cycle. Yeah? Generosity now dissolves potential revenge reactions when we're back at it. A lot of us are going to lose a lot of stuff, a lot of possessions. And of course, I've thought about scenarios of economic collapse and potential for worldwide depression. And are people going to be buying my stuff? Who's going to have 20 bucks for a meditation kit or $16 for a book? Who's going to want to be in my membership? And of course, I'm already, we're already hearing from members of Heart Centered, like they've been impacted financially by all of the changes right now. And could they, they have to drop out? Of course, we go in and we give them a deal or we let them stay for free and we're really pivoting. My 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 hope, my goal is like there's room for everybody. We just like we're not gonna turn anybody away. And I have a team of 17 people who need shelter and food and have children. So I still gotta make them make a living. So I thought about, you know, what are the extremes? What if there's no cash flowing in the business? And I can't pay the, my people. And Oh, I can't even think too much about it. But what if I lose my house? My most uh, costly possession. I think, you know, it's okay. So what? I find another place to live. It would super suck. I've got my money in this house. But I won't be alone. I'm not going to be the only person that loses their house if we, so many of us, lose our houses. I can get that one-bedroom place. I, I did it before. I've been poor before. I can be poor again. Been poor according to like my Canadian standards. Yeah. <sighs> Simplicity is a spiritual value. And I'm actively looking for ways to simplify my life right now. And if a God wants to put me on the accelerated program of simplicity and my house is gone, okay. Still going to be me. Still going to be loved and still going to be loving. Which brings me to the next big thing to let go of. Control. All we have is the free will to choose our thoughts and therefore our feelings and therefore our behavioral response to any situation. That's all we can control. Can't control somebody else's behavior. We can't control the weather. We've got to leave so much room for mystery about what the mother wants of us, what's the best for us, what our calling is, what the rewards of our devotion will be. Hopefully the reward of devotion is devotion. But control mostly, yeah, it's not ours. It's up to the divine. So best to just let go of the illusion that we're in control and to align, to step into working with the divine, to give it all upward and say, use me. Thy will be done. Guide me today. Ironically, 
divinely. So much easier that way. Think of all the energy you save on the worry. So much more free time, not fettering away on plans, on being overly concerned, on being scared about what's coming. Just leave it up to life. Because the beautiful thing is life wants you to be happy. That the stuff of love, the substance of existence, is the stuff of joy. We let go of control, the things we cannot control. We step into the life force and we get carried away by love. And you know where that leads? The beautiful ideal. Stay with me. Stay with me on this journey. The next chapter, we move into love and faith and grace for impact. So let me take us out with your reflection questions. And you can find these in the Grace for Impact ebook. It's on my site, daniellelaporte.com slash grace. What relationships do you want to harmonize and how? List your grievances, how you see your identity your regrets, old dreams, dreams that are past their expiry date, possessions, the things you want to let go of, and control. What are you trying to control that's clearly out of alignment with grace? Let it go. Now's the time. May this passage gracefully lead us to one love. May this passage gracefully lead us to one love. May this passage gracefully lead us to one love. So like you know where to find me, daniellelaporte.com and all social media anywhere possibly in the universe. If you got some questions or love notes, send them to support at daniellelaporte.com. This podcast is produced by Kelly Winham. You can find her at face-the-number-four-radio.com. Let me just say that in a smoother way, faceforradio.com. And I give my deepest, infinite, honored gratitude to Team D for helping me do this and so much more that brings my heart to life. I love you so much. <laughs>